Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan Newman, and I am a fandom optimist. This is a show where every week we talk about the latest and greatest of our favorite fandoms and try our best to be optimistic because there's just too much negativity in the world of fandom. This week, I am joined by friend of the show and host of the podcast, Cape Corner, once again, Blue. How are you doing, man? Hi. Hi, everyone. Do you normally use your actual last name on this? Yeah, I like always just say my full name for some reason. No idea why. I because no, it caught me off guard because I was like, wait a minute, didn't he call himself Jordan Blue Man on my podcast? Oh yeah, I just I just went with my like Spotify username on your podcast for a while, but over here I'm just like, yeah, I'll just use my real name. I don't care. Um, I mean, maybe someday the internet will get to know my soul name, but (laughs) yes, uh, your deep secret real name. Um, yeah. in- instead of calling you by blue uh for, for anyone wondering uh why we are already so amped up and energetic we just finished recording an episode of cape corner over on over on blues show uh where we were talking about the history and cultural importance and movie of black panther and now we're over here to talk about t'challa's recent appearance as Star-Lord in the new episode of Disney Plus's What If. Uh, so whenever you're done listening to this, I don't think it really matters what order they listen to it in. Uh, it could be before you listen to this or after, but definitely go check out our Black Panther episode on Cape Corner. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny that uh, when, when I named Cape Corner, my conception of it was like, it was like a Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of thing, where it's like, uh, <laughs> like at a specific location on a corner, uh, uh-huh, which okay. is uh, so, so like that's why I sometimes feel like here on the corner or whatever. Um, and so, like, it's just like, oh, yeah, uh, we, we're done at Cape Corner uh, now. Let's leave to go do Phantom Optus, get in the car. Yeah, yeah, yours, yours is a place, mine is a is a is a club. We're just we're just a happy group of fandom optimists over here, just overjoyed and having fun. Man, now I almost want to have like, because I don't have a theme song or anything yet. I almost yep. want to do like the Pee Wee's Playhouse. Do it. You should do it. I've got a theme song. Well, it's, well, it's, well, not, uh, it's not very good and it's not very long, but I've got one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so I guess uh, I'll start with just, uh, did, what did you think of the episode? Did you like uh, the new episode of What If? It was fucking great! I it really loved so it! <laughs> it was um, so good. Uh, I don't want to say that I didn't like Captain Carter or anything, uh, but it, well, maybe love is actually a little bit too strong. I liked the Captain Carter episode, uh, but it was not the strongest start to a series, uh, especially the Disney Plus series uh, that have been coming out with Marvel. It, like, it was enough that I was like satisfied, but I was still kind of left wanting more. And this episode is the one that was like, now I'm all in for this series. Oh yeah. Yes. I I had a little bit of a different first impression because I am so obsessed with Captain America on so many levels. And uh, my girlfriend is actually a huge uh, Peggy Carter fan. So, uh, and so I had her on last week because it was, it was the perfect opportunity uh, to talk about uh, the the Captain Carter episode, so we were both just overjoyed to see this <laughs> alternate take on on the first Avenger, which is one of my top five like movies of all time. 
I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> it's a stupid idea. <laughs> you were talking about how last week you had your girlfriend on, and all I'm thinking of is, look at me. I'm the girlfriend now. <laughs> <laughs> you first you replaced Arjun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like Starro slowly taking over your life. Oh my god. Did you see the uh, I'm sorry everybody. Squad? I'm in I'm in a really goofy headspace right now because we already got so fucking riled up on Cape Corner. Oh yeah, because <laughs> we've we've been talking for like a solid hour and a half by this point. Um yeah. and oh two hours by now. Um mm-hmm. and uh did you see uh speaking of Starro, the Suicide Squad movie? You know what? I was going to watch it today, and I was going to do it before, uh, you know, we started recording. But in addition to my Naruto online uh, <laughs> stuff that I had to do, uh, yeah, fucking fight me, whatever. Uh, I I had to, I realized the new episode of My Hero Academia came out, and it started the arc that I've been waiting multiple months for. Uh, so, uh... so I, I was like, I gotta watch it. Um, well, it will only be there for another, it will only be on HBO Max for another two weeks, this podcast brought to you by HBO Max. So, uh, I have the next two days off work. I will watch it. Oh, I'm I'm so excited to hear your thoughts. I loved it. Um, but yeah, we're not here to talk about Suicide Squad. We're here to talk about What If. So, this episode of What If, uh, features a small change in just the right point to change everything. And it's what if, uh, instead of Yondu picking up Peter Quill personally, when he was sent to pick up Peter Quill for Ego, he sent his subordinates to do it, and they're not very good at their jobs. So they accidentally picked up T'Challa from Wakanda instead. Uh, Firstly, I really love, we had a lot of talks about (laughs) racism in (laughs) the Cape Corner episode. Um, I love that, that Yondu's people are so far from racist. They're they're so far from racist that they could not tell there was any perceivable difference between Peter Quill and T'Challa that they picked him you know up what? because look, he's got two sea holes, two two hear holes, and one eat hole. It's the same thing. <laughs> What's really great is that like what actually racist <laughs> people do when they say they're colorblind. I don't see color. But it's like that, but <laughs> these guys did it, but unironically. <laughs> like they actually are like, so fucking what that his skin's a different color. For all I know, that's a thing humans can just do. Yeah, it's like, like I don't really know. It's got it's got two eyes, two ears, and a mouth. This is this is clearly the same thing. <laughs> and Yandu's just like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> do these look like the same thing to you? <laughs> um oh man, I loved that. So so my favorite thing about this episode is uh, just how badass and awesome and kind and noble T'Challa is that it turns out that if T'Challa had been in space instead of Peter Quill, the entire power structure of the universe changes. Yep. He's changed everything. And that made me so stoked that just him being in space, he's like, he has cleaned up the Ravagers. They are no longer, uh, well, they're, they're still criminals, but they're no longer like asshole 
you know, people who are selling their loot, their, their Robin Hood figures now. They steal from the rich and give to the poor. Uh, my single favorite change is uh, Thanos. There's been a lot of controversy. There's been a lot of people who are upset uh, with the episode for uh, that Thanos is just totally cool now. He's okay. He just needed a good talk. Uh, I've seen I'm... I've seen people getting upset. They're saying that uh, it undermines the severity of Thanos. Yeah. To which I say, do you know what a what if story is? It's a what if. And also, I, I saw someone say, that, "Well, that's not realistic. That you could just talk him down." But I honestly think it's fine because according to the the years, this is taking place in like two thousand eight. This is so. This is like. 10 years before he even goes after the infinity stones. I don't know how far into his genocidal journey he was. And also this conversation clearly happened years before this. Um, uh, real quick. Uh, I think you're thinking 2018. Yeah. First but, I, but this but, episode seems to be taking place in 2008 because no, 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 no. It was, it was 1998, right? I think it was 1988. I think. Oh. Unless I'm just crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. And <laughs> I'm totally, totally misjudging this. But either way, it, it wouldn't matter either way because clearly he encountered Thanos pre-2012. Yeah. So yeah, this, is a, this is a Thanos who was not, I don't think, actively committing genocide yet. He was just thinking about it. And yeah. he apparently just needed someone who was really cool and really smart to be like... Yeah. Are you sure you want to do this, man? Like, I, I get the impression that Thanos had surrounded himself with yes-men who were never going to confront him. And T'Challa is just so cool that he's like, no, you're wrong. And I'm going to explain why. A Thanos <laughs> who has had an additional seven to eight years to become more and more obsessed with this hunt for the Infinity Stones would be infinitely more difficult to talk down than yeah. someone who was just starting to put the pieces of this in motion. Yeah, um, and clearly a bunch of stuff that he hasn't done yet, because Nebula, so he's quote-unquote adopted Nebula by this point, but she, it, uh, they showed that she's still got the eye thing where like her, her eye's been replaced. But, but she's got a lot of cybernetics. Yeah, otherwise she seems fine. Like her voice doesn't sound cybernetic. She's got hair. She has two normal arms. She's a blonde? She's a blonde? <laughs> that caught me way off guard. Also, I thought it was so fascinating. They brought in an element of film noir with Nebula because she is the uh, epitome of a dame. Yeah. She is the dame that walks into the charismatic lead's office and offers him a job. She's got the tight-fitting dress. She's got the long curly blonde hair in exactly the style that the dames of old film noirs had she's like, got the playful nickname for the main character yeah she's, so it's she like calling him cha-cha throughout the episode i i like immediately when i saw her i started thinking of atlantis the lost empire oh yeah yeah good <laughs> if you haven't seen that's like one of the best Disney movies. It's criminally underrated. Go oh, watch it's it. So good, it's so good. Um, I loved 
I loved hearing Josh Brolin do his Thanos voice, but nice. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I, he's I'm, so- I'm a big enough man to admit when I'm wrong. And <laughs> T'Challa here told me that there's more than one way to reallocate resources. <laughs> I was so- I was describing the whole uh, Thanos thing from that episode to Andy. And uh, she goes, I'm... <clears throat> She goes, I'm totally down for the idea that Thanos has just become like a dick who's having friendly debates and uh, talking about glory days. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do love I do love that they call him Captain Genocide. And he's yeah. like, oh. and he's like, I still stand by that that plan would have worked. <laughs> so there's so many moments that are like cheer worthy in the episode. But one of the ones that had me speak something out loud into existence was a <laughs> moment later on when they're getting chased on midnight and black dwarf and Thanos stops and he goes off and Nebula stops is like, you're going to try to take both of them off. And he goes, I'm not crazy. And then out loud, I was like mad. And he turns around and he goes mad. And I'm like, ah! and he, and he shifts his voice down into that more menacing Thanos that we know and love from Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Mad. And I was oh, like, oh, so oh, good. it's on. Now, this is part of the place where I can understand where people get miffed with Thanos. He has been kind of nerfed that he had struggles and starts losing against uh, two of the four members of the Black Order uh, while he was you know, above Hulk level in terms of strength and skill. But I also am much more forgiving of that. Why? Because I watch anime. That's just the thing that happens. When the bad guy is the bad guy, they're so fucking powerful. And then when they turn <laughs> yep. into a good guy, they're just weaker. That, <laughs> anger, that anger helped him a little. But also that I always say that if I can headcanon it, I don't care. And I can headcanon it as he did something to enhance himself. Once it became clear to him that he had to actively do the genocides, he would have started this grand quest to improve himself beyond just looking for the Infinity Stones. I don't know what he did, but I assume it's something he hasn't done yet in this timeline. I mean, there's so much shit in the cosmology of uh, of the that there's got to be some sort of like super soldier or heart shaped herb equivalent. Yeah, uh, there's something he did. That he hasn't done here because he didn't need to. Like for, um, for all, he could have literally just gone to the collector and gotten something like that from him. Maybe it's as simple as he's not really working out in this timeline. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't feel he doesn't like he has to, to be the shape. ultimate warrior. He's just some guy. He's just the guy hanging out at a bar, hanging out with these Robin Hood types. He's he doesn't need to be the most the most swole. Um. That's that's what I think. That's how I'm headcanoning that. He's got a dad bod now, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, he's got a dad bod. Um, I really loved. Uh, oh man, Jamon Hansu as Korag. He got to have so much fun in this episode, being a giddy fanboy for Star Lord. <laughs> that oh, should I put the gun away? No, no, should it's I put fine. It away? Oh, you sure? Oh, it's so generous, my lord. <laughs> And, and he like gets his ass kicked. He goes, "Classic Star Lord." <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so good. 
<laughs> oh, uh, one of the other big moments of the episode that made me like uh, jump out of my seat uh, is uh, with the final fight with the collector. Um, Ooh, when yeah. they do Operation Sticky Fingers and Yandu's getting pummeled for a bit, but then he manages to swipe the controller. And then we see T'Challa turn the little jet booster that Star-Lord has, and then we start hearing the ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha from the fucking Wakanda chanting. And oh, he yeah. does the most devastating flying knee since Winter Soldier. <laughs> it was so badass. Yeah, I also loved the... Uh, I got to hear a little bit of uh, Brian Tyler's... Uh, is it Brian Tyler? No, it's Tyler Tyler Bates, not Brian Tyler. Tyler Bates' uh, Guardians of the Galaxy theme song appeared a couple times. But then uh, my favorite musical moment is when he's walking in the uh, the hangar and his necklace starts growing, glowing. And it's because he's come across a Wakanda ship. And you start hearing those talking drums from Ludwig Göransson's Black Panther score. That, uh, that that like did something to me. I was like, oh wow! You, you mean There's... like the yeah those ones those, those little drums that that play. Um, uh, hear, hearing that classic Wakanda sound pop up. <laughs> that that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, again, I feel the need to point out that if the the sound of African nations being epitomized through the soundtrack uh, for Wakanda uh, can make two white guys get this emotional. Like, wow. (laughs) All of you who are a part of the black community, this must just be fucking icing on the cake. Like, (laughs) it must be Yeah, putting that soundtrack in there was really cool. And this this whole episode felt like... and, And I'm amazed because they obviously had to have written it before Chadwick Boseman passed away. Because he recorded the lines. And it was so cool to hear his voice again. Uh, but they really do idolize. Yeah, uh, that's what I was about to say. So, so strongly. Everything from the way Korag acts to the way that they're like, yeah, T'Challa could have beaten Thanos before ever fighting him. By to, talking to him. And uh, that every- his nobility and his kindness has reshaped like the whole Ravagers organization. And it's... Like it feels like the perfect send off, like a, I, I a, like a memorial. I feel like it must have been that to uh, almost said T'Challa that uh, Chadwick <laughs> hard to tell made, them apart. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's his character now. It's just him. Yeah, um, he must have made someone at Disney aware about his cancer, and they they must have. Like, yeah, we're going to give you a send off that you deserve. It's very and... hard for me to believe anything else. Like, it's so appropriate and it's so fitting that it's it would be hard for me to believe that that's not what happened. Which it's, it's possible that this is a coincidence, but it's wow. I mean, it's oh. never like they did a disservice <laughs> to how cool the character is in any other format, but. They always kept it more grounded to like something that you could find realistic where this felt like the creators of the MCU gushing about how fucking cool T'Challa was. Yeah. So it it really feels like they turned it up to 11 in terms of, you know, being like, take one good last look at this character because he's the coolest fucking guy. And then putting Chadwick Boseman's tribute at the end of the episode. Um, oh, dude, that. OK, that's when I broke down that. <laughs> that hurt oh it did 
I, I was like riding this high and then I saw that and I went from like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I remember I remember when I watched it with, with Brando. I was like, I was like, this is the best show. This show is so cool. And then that came up and the music changed. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh my it god. I got way too fast. <laughs> it was um, so it was very sudden. Real quick, I want to say, uh, Yandu has all of his teeth. <laughs> Yandu has all of his teeth. That made me so happy. Uh, I, I also noticed that I think Michael Rooker is not used to voice acting. I don't know if he's done any voice acting, but he didn't quite sound like himself to the point that I didn't think it was him until there was a, like, a line here and there that I was like, oh, it's got to be him. But the general timbre and tone, maybe he was just trying to play a a brighter version of the character since he's had a better life since he took in T'Challa. Maybe that's all it is. Well, first of all, I'm sure that without all the prosthetic on his face and in his mouth. uh, Oh, yeah, that's also true. Good point. That probably alters it. But also, I feel like voice acting, as opposed to acting for a blockbuster movie, changes the way you sound. Because... I initially, before I had seen in trailer or you know heard uh, in response to trailers rather that Chadwick Boseman was uh, doing the role, I thought it was someone doing a Chadwick Boseman impression. Oh, interesting. I I pretty much pegged that it was him. It was Michael Rooker that really threw me off. Like like for example, was Karen Gillian doing Nebula? Yep. It. I didn't hear it. The only person I really heard their actual like voice from the MCU was Josh Brolin's Thanos. Uh, it was so good. Uh, yeah, I think the only, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure the only character with speaking lines in this who was not played by their original MCU actor was the one line that Peter Quill gets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, speaking of characters sounding vastly different, Okay, look, you you've apparently tuned into these voices more than I have, but did the collector sound complete? thing? Oh, he did... sounded very different. It was still him, and I could tell that it was still him. The only but... reason I know it was still him was because I saw Benicio del Toro in the opening credits. Uh, yeah. Oh, which, he by the was way... doing something very interesting there. I don't know what the deal was with that performance. It did not sound anything like the collector he did in Guardians. an entirely different way of speaking than uh, the Tavon from the MCU, or, well, from the proper MCU. Uh, but uh, also, speaking of those opening credits, when I saw Kurt Russell, I was like, excuse me? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what do you mean, Kurt Russell? What the <laughs> fuck? We're going to have ego? I can't believe Kurt Russell showed up for one line. That's pretty cool. That, that's the most insane thing to me. That's um, really cool. Uh, I mean, I say which, showed up. It's also really I say upsetting. showed up, but they probably all did it the way I do this podcast, which is sitting in their closet. So, which is, It's also really upsetting in a way that they have this like utopia-esque timeline where uh, T'Challa's so cool he makes the whole universe better and the one really big bad guy left is the Collector and they manage to stop him and then they just go yeah but actually they might have doomed the entire universe because it turns out now yeah. Ego is completely unchecked <laughs> yeah that's really funny and it's really funny that it's not like T'Challa being there has caused 
the world to end this way. It's just Peter Quill being You're left not. on Earth. Uh, yeah. Means that Ego eventually came and found him, and then the world ended. Um, I can't believe this motherfucker wound up working at that Dairy Queen. That's so funny. It's the same Dairy Queen that keeps appearing in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> they keep showing us that damn Dairy Queen. And it's the same one. <laughs> that was so funny because I recognized it. I was like, that's the same Dairy Queen. You know, I um I recently watched um uh this one girl YouTuber uh watched through the MCU movies and she got to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And uh, she's not American, and she's like grill and chill. Oh, uh, they must have made that for this movie. There's no way, right, Americans? And I'm just <laughs> sitting here like, uh, what makes you think we made that? Yeah, really. Um... <laughs> We're weird foodies, of course. We have that. Oh yeah. Uh, another cool little detail that I, I noticed my second watch through. I did not notice it on the first, but that T'Challa has named the ravager ship uh mandela which is really oh, cool. okay see i was trying to see what it said because i noticed it didn't say milano which means yeah it's no longer milano it's now mandela that's, that's a great. cool little nod i, I do. that was very that's cool great. um oh man what what even else is there to say <laughs> that's the that's the thing random... there's not a whole lot to say about these because they're very short right random thought um with uh I've been replaying the Mass Effect series lately. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know anything about that. Nothing. So real quick bit of lore then, just a little snippet. Uh, the this is that they discovered an element called element zero, which when you apply an electric charge to it, can alter the mass of an object, uh, which lightening a ship allows it to uh, perform faster than light travel. And... Mm-hmm. Um, they call this effect the mass effect, which is what the series is named after. Um, and uh, they can wind up using mass effect for uh, biotics, which is a personal level where a person can make little gravity wells, either like waves or float an enemy helplessly through the air or push them with a ball of compressed gravity or what. But uh, uh, if, if that ship uh, wound uh to travel light would it be called the mandala effect uh <laughs> nice all, all um, of that just one bad joke i'm sorry <laughs> um so let's um, what, what else is there to say about this episode because it is so cool um, uh the scene that the black order would work for the collector I guess they just work for the highest bidder and whoever's got the power. Um, that's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about their comic book history, but that's my interpretation of them from the, uh, uh, from the MCU. I thought it was really cool when Tatala finds the hologram of his dad uh, who has never stopped looking for him. I think that's really cool. That got yeah, to me but- a bit. It made me that he has with Yondu is great because I can understand Yondu's side there where he he loves T'Challa and he feels insecure um, about the idea 
people knew he had a home to go back to, he might just abandon them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a mistake born of someone too much. Um, yeah. But also, it was genuinely heartwarming to see everyone um, like have a reunion at, in Wakanda at the end. And it fucking okay, <laughs> being just like... <laughs> That that sounds like genocide. And he's like, no, no, it's not because it's it would be random. You see, <laughs> yeah, and he does the snap. The snap yeah. killed me. <laughs> you know, it's random, and might I add, efficient. <laughs> oh, dad, dad, stop! I love that he's petting the dog. He's got the little <laughs> Russian space dog with him, and he's petting the dog. That's Cosmo. Do you know Cosmo the space actual- dog? Yeah, the only reason I know that is because he's in uh, uh, the Lego Marvel Superheroes Two video game. You have from that game. I have learned a lot from Lego video games. Like most of the background characters I know from Star Wars, DC, and Marvel, I got exclusively from Lego games. It's really weird how much info I have just from playing the Lego game. And those games don't have dialogue, so wow, that's <laughs> no. Most of them don't. Ones do. Never mind. Every but... every game from before twenty twelve, I think, does not have dialogue. Yeah. Um, um, this... <laughs> which I'll, I kind of miss that aesthetic. I won't. Lie. I, I do kind of miss it. I miss it. Um, I also wanted to. Uh, T'Challa briefly teamed up with Howard the Duck. Oh yeah, he had a team with Howard the Duck, and then Howard the Duck gets distracted by Happy Hour. Just once, always go Duck, and he's just like, "I'm pretty sure no one says that." He's just like, "Yeah, plenty of people do." He's like, "They do." Like it was so good, confident in it, and he's like, "Oh, maybe they do." And I love when uh, Nebula explains the whole plan. And uh, and Korag goes, wait, so this whole thing was a triple cross? Classic Star-Lord. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so happy to be involved with Star-Lord. It made me so, so happy every time he had one of his little fanboy moments. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, uh, there was the... That was the <laughs> character departure that I was so on board for. That was so much fun. Where he goes, I work for Ronan, who's kind of intense, but I'll be honest, I'm open to a career change if you've got any room for someone on your crew. <laughs> T'Challa's like, uh, sorry, we're all stepped up at the moment. And then he beats him and he starts to leave and he stops and he turns back and he's like, eh, I've hired worse. <laughs> he just the slings man, him uh, over his shoulder. <laughs> he's <laughs> so great. Uh, T'Challa, this is so good. Um, I really loved that, obviously, because we know that Thanos is totally cool in this timeline, that there was probably never a Chitauri invasion of New York, which means the Avengers probably never happened, which is just really interesting. But that means that they were they were all alone. And that explains why in the collector's collection, we see the Captain America shield and Mjolnir. Mm hmm. Not that to mention nuts. So okay, so he got Hella's headdress as well, which tells me that uh died. Uh and 
I have to assume that Thor didn't manage to kill her by initiating Ragnarok, uh, but the collectors still managed to kill her. So, because uh, like when yeah. she died in Ragnarok, all of her got obliterated. <laughs> so, uh, for that headdress to be there, you know, I would yeah, think that's she a good point. Away. I can't even um, begin to think about how that happened. It's also like it's. I never realized that she produces Necroswords thanks to the headdress. I, I yeah, just, oh, I did not know that. I thought that was just her power. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense because a lot of the Asgardians, what you think of as their powers, are actually supplemented by, uh, by clothing. You don't think about it. Thor's strength comes from his belt. Oh, yeah, in the comics? Yeah, he has a belt of strength. <laughs> like that's why he's so strong it's not like yeah he's naturally strong but the reason he's that strong is because of that belt it doubles his strength um, that's funny i did not know that yeah and uh and so i'm like yeah okay there's precedent that it could be like an artifact that they have to grant them extra abilities sure so it was really cool that um not cool very sad that he has apparently killed Korg. Yeah, that fucked that me up. That made me very sad. Uh, he's just got his arm as a gauntlet now. Uh, it's upsetting. Um, he, I took this off of a terribly chatty Cronin. Uh, oh, it's so sad. Also, um, uh, they they recreated um, T'Challa getting stabbed in the shoulder. Oh, yeah. oh I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah, from Black Panther when he got the spear in the shoulder, but now it was a necrosword in the shoulder, and he made like a similar um, like yelp of uh, pain when he was pulling it out. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow, that's cool. I did not think of that at all. Because like, when I saw the sword in the shoulder, I was just like, ah, that's that's a wound. And then he made that noise. And, I, and that's what like clicked it in my head that it was like a mirror of what happened in Black Panther. I was like, oh, oh, I get it. So I thought that was funny. It was like an auditory response. That's really cool. Um, So, okay. So, I guess that's... uh, Do you have anything else to say about, like, the episode itself? Um, I really liked the imagery of nowhere being covered in plant life. That was really very cool. Yeah. Um, The... (laughs) uh, The... Uh, what, what's her name? It's not Barit. That's the girl that Peter banged. Uh, but the the girl oh, it's, uh, that worked Ka- for the collector, Karina, having that, huh? I think it's Karina. Something like that. Sure. She that devious smile she had as she freed <laughs> all of the other prisoners. It was like I I knew as soon as like the fight was starting, I knew she would flip on um on the collector because as soon as she sees any opportunity to possibly have power over him she takes it which is what led to her dying in guard um yeah the second there was an infinity stone there she was just like yoink (laughs) and uh, and then exploded i've mentioned multiple times i'm a big fan the the people who got me into podcasts in the first place is uh the weekly planet podcast and they're uh their famous catchphrase, grab that gem, 
Uh, Grab that, Jim, you guys. I'll see you next week. Yeah, it comes from uh, that movie where... I did uh, not know that's where they got that. It's like episode three or something of their series. They're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. And and, uh, James asks Mason, uh, if you had the opportunity to grab an Infinity Gem, uh, knowing that it's a toss-up whether you might live or die, uh, would you? Keep in mind, you only live if you happen to have been seeded with, like, celestial DNA. <laughs> and um, and uh, Mason is like, uh, look, the way I reason it, either uh, you, you die, but you go out in a massive blaze of glory, or you unlock your destiny for the rest of your life. So I say, no matter what, I will always grab that gem. And uh, <laughs> that's where... <laughs> I had no idea that's where they got that from. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, that's where they started it. Oh, that's funny. Uh, uh, that, I'm not done. Okay, so with regards to how these things are going to wrap wrap up and, and wrap around, do you think we'll be seeing... I, I know that Chadwick Boseman is in more than one episode of What If. So hmm. I'm wondering if it's going to be the same What If, or it's going to be some other Earth where Chadwick Boseman is in it. But do you think these are all building to something <laughs> that we're we're inevitably going to have like a Guardians of the Multiverse situation where we've got Captain Carter and T'Challa, Star-Lord, or I, I, he's still going by Star-Lord, which I thought was really interesting um, because it was it was Peter's nickname that his mom gave him. But apparently uh, T'Challa is just so noble that he developed the name Star-Lord by happenstance that he didn't even name himself that and doesn't really like the name. That was a neat little detail, but yeah. Uh, but that I, I, I've got a feeling we're going to see all these. What if people collide at some point in some multiversal thing? Now I feel like that's where we're headed. This might be a response to me building up my expectations for certain things recently too highly and being disappointed. (laughs) And uh, I think Marvel fans are often far too creative and also impatient for things like this. I am personally of the mind, like I am not expecting any multiversal crossover here. I am fully believing that this is going to be like the comics. These are one-off stories and the future implications of things that might happen later on are entirely left up to our imaginations. These just lay the building blocks for fans to speculate about these alternate worlds. Um, If it does happen, I'm not, I'm not saying it's hardcore. Never going to happen. You fucking fanboy losers. Uh, I'm not going to eat my shoe. (laughs) <laughs> if it does happen, but that's just my expectation. I am managing my expectation. I'm not even sure I would want to see that. Uh, so the reason I am leaning toward it happening is just because it's the watcher. And I know that the watcher's deal is he's not supposed to interfere, but, but he always does. He always so. does. So I'm like, what's going to happen? Where he's like, shit, now I gotta go grab all these people I've been watching and get them to help with this. Uh, that Jeffrey Wright's 
voice is incredible. I love his little, I am the watcher, but I cannot, will not, must not interfere. You're going to yeah. interfere. <laughs> Every single time he says that, I'm like, eh, you're going to. Really? <laughs> so you pull a thorn. Is he though? <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm glad that that came across to you because that's exactly what I was trying to put out there. Um, but it's like, really, man, you are only successful in only watching if we are not aware of you. Every single time you actually pop up in the story and you're like, I'm just watching, you don't keep watching. Don't mind me. Go times you act. Literally, the, the main stories I know that include the Watcher <laughs> are the time that he interfered to stop Galactus, the time that he interfered uh, with Nick Fury, uh, and the fucking opening cinematic of the Marvel Heroes MMO, where he interferes to try and stop Doctor Doom. Yeah, he always interferes. Uh, also, Jeffrey, just, Jeffrey Wright's voice is so cool. I can't. And also, if you're hiring Jeffrey Wright, he's going to have some more significant speaking lines than just the opening narration. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's it's easy for us to get in those mindsets with certain actors when we forget just what a juggernaut the MCU has become. That's also true. Kurt Russell was only in this for one line. (laughs) That's very true. So that's why I'm like, I, I'm not banking on the watcher doing more. Um, and also I, I've sort of like, again, it is very true to the watcher's character that if he shows up, normally you would expect crazy stuff to happen, but I've also been expecting that since 2017 when the watchers first appeared in the MCU. Oh yeah. And so, and I was fully expecting to happen and it didn't. And it just kept not happening. So now I'm like, I, I've, I'm more cooled off. I've, I've taken some time. I'm like, this doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, but also, I don't know. Like, first of all, again, you don't have Chadwick Boseman anymore. So, uh, and even if you did, that world is established to be about to get fucked over by ego. So, could he really survive to... Oh, uh, that's a good point. Um, to help. That's a very good point. Uh, so I, I wouldn't put uh, T'Challa Star-Lord in this cosmic team. Um, and the the other ones are like uh, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, uh, and like the uh, Captain Carter, obviously. Uh, and like the Killmonger Iron Man that it looks like there's going to be. Um, and the, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like a, a composition like that doesn't lend itself well to dealing with a multiversal threat. And I would rather see the multiversal threats dealt with in the already upcoming Loki season two uh, now, now, how likely do you think it is that we'll see at least one "what if" show up in live action? I would love that. Um, I would love for it to be Captain Carter. I would give anything for it to be Captain Carter. I want to see that suit in live action. <laughs> um, 
of all of them because it there's no way it's going to be the Doctor Strange Spider-Man. The entire reason Tom Holland was cast is because he looks so young. So I don't see them doing a fully matured Spider-Man using him. Um, <laughs> who knows? Maybe in fucking No Way Home, the Andrew reason Garfield they- plays. I was going to say, they fucking do one of the older Spider-Man as Doctor Strange Spidey, and that's why they refuse to give us a trailer, because they're okay. waiting until after the the What If episode of Spider-Man. Could you imagine how epically badass that would be? That would be pretty fucking great. It would oh, make all the way man. Like, imagine, I, the, I, I imagine Wednesday. Wednesday, the the spider-man episode of what if drops thursday they released the no way home trailer that would be nuts uh i kind of i really want that to happen (laughs) it won't but it would it won't but it would be cool um Uh, you know i will say (laughs) if it does happen then all of you should worship me as a fucking god you you would be you would officially be clairvoyant. I would. I would take all of your stock tips. <laughs> Me knowing nothing about financial advice, you would still take. Them. You'd be like, no, you don't understand. This guy is like Marty with the fucking sports almanac. Like I trust yes, him. Yes, he'll like- he'll guess and it'll work. <laughs> I, I promise. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so okay. So. Uh, that, that's probably it for our what if discussion. If you want to hear the rest of our discussion on T'Challa and how badass he is in various forms of media, jump over to Cape Corner uh, to hear us talk about that for like an hour and a half. We, we get real into it. Uh, we are about to jump over to, meanwhile on this show, we're about to jump over to our classic and beloved segment, What Have We Been Watching? But first, here is a quick word from the sponsor. All right, Woo! that was a great one. <laughs> that was real good. That yeah, was definitely that was definitely not the same ad that we always play. I was gonna say it's very different from the one that's played every other episode. Because <laughs> I, 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 unless something changes tomorrow before I post this episode, I have gotten no new sponsors. Yeah. Uh, hey. Meanwhile, um, sponsors, we don't talk to you, but we're gonna talk to you real quick. <laughs> fucking contact us. It's not like we haven't been doing this for hey, very HBO long. Max. <laughs> HBO yeah, Max. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I am probably single-handedly responsible for at least one of your subscribers because I never shut up about how cool HBO no, I will I will actually confirm that you are responsible for me subscribing to HBO Max. <laughs> I did not expect that. Way That's back with so like funny. the when we were leading up to the Harley Quinn episode and you were talking about HBO Max way back then. Oh, that's uh, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, well, like, I was already like, I really want to watch this new Mortal Kombat movie. And then you were going off about how great the Harley Quinn show is. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get it. There's so much cool stuff on HBO Max. <laughs> I, I loved it. Disney Plus is probably my favorite streaming service because of just how into Marvel and Star Wars I am. But HBO Max is easily my second favorite. I like it more than Netflix and Hulu and everything else. I, I love HBO Max. But that's probably also a result of my intense fandom optimism and my close connection to everything DC Comics. I haven't had 
um, Netflix in a while. But to talk about what I might be watching, I might need to get Netflix again soon because they have done a reboot of Shaman King. I haven't talked about this yet, have I? I don't believe you have because I don't know what it is. Cool. So Shaman King is an old shonen from like the late 90s. Um, and it's uh, it, it's it like predates Naruto and Bleach in them. Uh, and it's a very cool series. It It's about um, like all over the world. They have different names for them. Uh, mediums or necromancers or whatever. But uh, across the world, uh, shamans are a real thing. And uh, they can commune with spirits and empower themselves with the spirit's abilities. And so uh, every some number of years, um, they hold a Shaman King tournament where the winner of the tournament uh, gets crowned the new Shaman King to lead the spiritual side of the planet uh, until the next tournament. And um, uh, the main character is a boy named Yo, who is just a lazy slacker he likes to chill and go with the flow and doesn't like to try too hard but uh despite being a very young man he has already been um fianced uh engaged to a uh young woman uh named anna who she is a taskmaster she does not put up with his lollygagging bullshit she's like <laughs> i demand that the man that i'm going to be married to be the shaman king so we're going to whoop you into shape. <laughs> and uh, and she's very stern. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there is some love uh, behind it. But um, it's, it's a story of him uh, partnering with an ancient samurai spirit named Amitamaru. And uh, fighting through all sorts of different kinds of shamans. He fights against a boy named Ren who has a... Um, massive um what is he he's he's like a hun or something like he's got a uh what are they called it's not a spear it's uh it's like a, 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 no no no. it's a stick and it has a curved blade on the end of it oh is it a scythe no 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 like uh uh is it a glaive <laughs> hang on it's probably uh, a glaive. It's like a glaive, yes. It, um, okay. Uh, if, if you Google glaive, you'll see what I mean. But okay. um, the the point is, like, he's very aggressive and almost has, like, a master-servant relationship with his spirit. Uh, he acts, like, he gives his spirit commands. But then, like, his sister does not, like, because the way they do it, they will hold weapons similar to what their spirits have, and their spirits empower their strength and their skill uh, with their own knowledge and experience. Uh, but like then his sister straight up has the corpse of uh, this world's version of Bruce Lee um, with a, like a, a talisman on his face and he acts like a Chinese vampire. You know how like they hop and everything um, yeah. and has him like actually physically in the environment fucking shit up. Um hmm. So it's it's a really cool way you see all these different ways that these different kinds of shamans from around the world commune with the dead. One guy in particular uh, brought his former wife uh, back to life as like a Frankensteinian sort of thing. 
um, and it's very unsettling and creepy. Um, uh, his name is Faust, I believe. Uh, and I think her name is Eliza, I want to say. Uh, but anyway, the point is, uh, it, it's really cool seeing the tournament. And I used to really like the old anime that was like, I think, 2001, 2002. It had a great English theme song back in the day when they actually made custom uh, American a la Pokemon um and uh i've been excited for it ever since i heard they were going to reboot it for netflix so i'm probably going to have to get netflix again to watch that because it started coming out now nice that sounds exciting mm-hmm. i wanted so, to ask you real quick too while we're in this segment um have you looked up anything with my hero academia uh i've not had time to but i'm gonna beat your ass <laughs> <laughs> and I would deserve it. But uh, what oh, what have I been watching? I have watched. Okay, so last night I went out to theaters and I watched Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds and Jodie Comer. And my God, was that movie fun. I had, I had so much fun in that movie. It, it's And it was surprisingly sweet. Like it, it had some heartfelt stuff in there that that got to me a little bit. It wasn't a tearjerker per se, but it had some really heartfelt moments to it. Uh, and and Ryan Reynolds is ceaselessly amusing. He is he is so much fun. Um, there's a couple of surprise cameos, especially if you're into like Twitch streamers and and YouTubers and stuff. There is some uh, particularly gamer, you know youtubers uh there's probably some surprise cameos in there for you um it's just really cool i don't want to spoil anything so i'm uh, i'll the in case you haven't seen the trailers the synopsis the general premise is that ryan reynolds plays an npc in a video game who has somehow become like sentient like he is aware that he's just doing the same things every day and he decides he kind of wants to do something else. He wants to be someone else. And the big question is, why did this happen? Because there actually is an explanation. It's not like some magic, you know, he just decided. There, there's an actual in-universe explanation for why this NPC is becoming self-aware. And, oh, cool. and it's actually like that's part of the plot is why is he aware of this? What's going to happen next? Um Taika Waititi is kind of the villain of the movie. He's the he like he owns the company that created this video game basically and he's great in it. I love Taika every time he shows up anywhere. Uh I'm not going to say anything else about the story because I don't want to spoil any like any of the great gags or the kind of sweet plot beats, but it's a full recommend on this one sadly it's only in theaters but if it is safe for you to go to a theater firstly support theaters because we are dangerously close to losing the theater industry and they need money so but go go to the theater and see free guy if it's safe for you to do so i know that's not a given right now um yeah it's real good it was so much fun I can't wait to see it again. I don't know if I'll be going back to a theater to see it again, just because money. But 
I've as soon as I have an affordable option to see it again, I will be seeing it again. I really love this movie. Because I I was really afraid it was going to be a a mediocre movie. Um, Oh, I I loved it. Um, Also, Jodie Comer is incredible. Have you ever seen Killing Eve? Nope. It's a it's a TV series about this uh, woman named. Eve, who works for I think the FBI or something, I don't remember what it was. It was she's some one of those government agencies. Yeah, she works for some government agency, and there is this like ultimate hit woman named VNL, who's played by Jodie Comer. Um, and the whole the whole series is this kind of cat and mouse of these characters. It's really interesting. It's a very good show. Uh, Jodie Comer is amazing in it. So I already knew who she was before coming into this. And she is a terrific actress. Uh, she's real young. She's like 27 or 28. So she's, she's real young. So when she started on Killing Eve, she was like, I gotta be like 23. Um, she's really cool. She I is... always find it weird when actresses or actors that are so young start on something like uh, discovering that uh, Mila Kunis was like 14 on that 70s show was really weird to me. Yeah, puts into perspective how untalented we are. <laughs> how little talent we have. You know, I'm sure that Us hurts you, but folk. I'm sure that hurts you, but I'm older than you. I just turned 30, so that hurts me way more. <laughs> anyway, yeah, as a free guy. Real good. Definitely recommend. I think that's probably going to do it for us. Once again, please don't forget to check out Cape Corner, particularly the continuation or prequel, I guess, to this conversation. (laughs) Um, uh, The Black Panther episode. Uh, Follow Blue if you want. It was at BeyondBlue13, if I'm remembering correctly, on Twitter. Yeah, apparently 12 other people got to it before me. (laughs) There were 12. Uh, I am at Jordan Blue Man everywhere that you might have social media handles. And please follow the show at Fandom Optimists on Twitter. The whole account is just good vibes about fandoms and occasionally Twitter polls when we want to, we need a little help deciding what we're going to cover. Uh, real fun. Go check it out. And I think that's all I've got. Did you have any closing thoughts? T'Challa's really cool. <laughs> T'Challa is so cool and so noble and so kind. I love him. All right. Classic Star Lord. Classic Star Lord. That'll do it for us. Until next time, never, ever apologize for loving your fandom and try your best to stay optimistic. I'll see you guys next week.